Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The economy, the interest rates, the inflation, the pain Canadians are feeling. And uh, 40% of us losing sleep every night, worrying about personal financial reality. That's what Canadians have told pollsters. Canadian homeowners in large numbers have concerns they'll not be able to afford their homes as mortgage rates climb. And we're living with $2.4 trillion of debt, consumer debt, according to Equifax, as 2023 comes to a close. Are we headed into a 2024 recession? Well, yesterday, the Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem said inflation may be getting close to the bank's target of 2% by the end of uh, next year. And while not making a commitment, he did say as well the Bank of Canada is increasingly confident interest rates will not have to be moved higher in order to get prices back under control. Well, let's ask our good friend uh, of this program, contributor to the program, Professor Eric Cam, macroeconomics professor at Toronto Metropolitan University, what he thinks. Dr. Cam, Tiff Macklem's glasses half full message yesterday, uh, re-interest rate hikes and cutting inflation to 2% by late next year. What do you make of that? Oh, it's full, but I don't like what it's full of, Roy. Uh, hi. hi. You know, I don't, I don't like when politicians or people in power come out and make these innocuous statements like, well, this can happen, but it might not, and they just cover their bases. I, I, I really, I don't appreciate it. I mean, I think Canadians, given that what we've been through this year, and, you know, and as a bit of a wrap-up, you get the sense it's been a roller coaster. But it hasn't been a roller coaster, Roy, because roller coasters go up and down. And this year's gone down. And so I guess as I've thought about this year, and the word that keeps coming back to my mind is affordability. Uh, as you know, I think economic health is linked to physical health, is linked to mental health. And I think it all comes back to affordability and that calm that ensues when one can feed, house, and clothe their family. And then you have... The Bank of Canada come out yesterday and say, we're getting close to where we want to be, but we're not there yet. But remember, this is, a, this is a, uh, an institution that has been obsessed, obsessed with getting to 2% inflation. And A, they're not there, and they're not really close to there. And B, as I always say, given now that interest payments and rent payments and mortgage payments are becoming an increasing fraction of inflationary numbers. Those numbers are only going up in 2024. So I'd like to know what he thinks is going down in 2024. So there's a long-winded way of me saying, Roy, I, I wasn't impressed. I think it's teasing people. And I think it's telling people, as they used to say on Johnny Carson, to stay tuned. So, so when you get that kind of message from the governor of the Bank of Canada at the end of the year, a year that has been, as you say, it hasn't been a roller coaster. It's been a constant upward climb. It's been a struggle for people, whether they're trying to deal with their mortgages, whether they're trying to get food on the table, whether they're trying to fill up their vehicles to get to where they need to go. It's been a constant struggle and ever more difficult. And we're looking at $2.4 trillion of non-mortgage consumer debt in this country, according to Equifax. What is it do, that you would advise Canadians to do to prepare 
for 2024. Coming off 2023, setting aside, if we can for a moment, Tiff Macklem's statement of yesterday. Well, I think you really have to do the proverbial batten down the hatches. I mean, if we want to look back 12 months ago, Roy, the lending rate was 4.5, and somehow today it's 5.25. And again, I don't see that moving anytime soon. So if you're one of the 60 to 70% now, we're still at 60 to 70% of Canadian mortgage holders that haven't had to renegotiate since the increase in interest rates. I think you better be very careful with anything else, any type of conspicuous consumption, we call it, any type of, of, of luxury or non-necessity. The time for a vast, vast number of Canadians, this is not the time to be making that expenditure. It's to be making that time to save that money because you know that your expenses in 2024 are going to rise. And, you know, again, I like when the Bank of Canada cites statistics, but they don't. And so I went to their webpage just to pull off a couple of simple numbers to say, compared to January of 2023, where are we in December of 2023? What are some of the things that are poorer today than we were 12 months ago. And these are not small things, Roy. Household indebtedness, unemployment to job vacancies, a population growth rate that's far outpacing employment growth. I mean, our government has made it clear that population growth is a growth strategy. I think that's a bad idea. The bank can say CPI is falling, but guess what, Roy? If you narrow CPI to food and shelter, it's still rising and it's rising quickly. And so then you combine that with a real gross domestic product that is right at zero. Those are the real numbers. I don't deal in fantasy, I deal in numbers. And so I don't know what Mr. Macklem is talking about because he knows these numbers too. So I don't really know where he's saying anything to Canadians other than 2024 is going to be a very rough year. We, as a country, are going to get poorer before we get wealthier. And so I guess I just wanted to hear that message, and I didn't hear it at all. And at the same time, we have provinces at loggerheads with Ottawa uh, and introducing and passing legislation to protect their own economies and energy interests, Saskatchewan and Alberta particularly. But with other provinces, notably Atlantic Canadian jurisdictions, challenging the Trudeau government on the carbon tax. That, to me, is another recipe for uncertainty during times when we really could use some degree of, if not certainly, then predictability as far as our economic reality in this country is concerned. Well, sure. I mean, you take a look on the provincial level, you have net exports that are much lower for most provinces. Investment is way down. The only thing up is government spending. We know business investment is down. Household spending is down. GDP growth is down. This is a very flat looking economy on a provincial level. So what do the provinces want to do? They want to raise disposable income. I mean, Mr. Moe is bang on. We want to make our residents wealthier. Well, they don't have a lot of bullets in the proverbial gun. So what they'd like to do is get rid of sort of the low hanging fruit. Let's take a pause, maybe not permanent, but a pause on taxes that are easy to scrap. And of course, those are things like 
the carbon tax, the cap and trade, things like this, because that is the provinces saying, give us a fighting chance. Let us do what we do best. We're a raw materials and an energy rich country. Can't we become exporters and not importers of the things we do best? Can't we have a shot at exploiting our comparative advantages? But for some reason, we know what the Bank of Canada's response is. We know what the government of Canada's is. And there seems to just be a general unwillingness to provide any growth drivers for the economy. And so I feel bad for the premiers, pretty much all of them, when they say, what's in this bag of tricks for us? Because the answer so far has been nothing. They're just left to their own devices. Yeah. And now let's talk about what we were starting to get to. And that is the reality is that we could fix ourselves if we had the courage to do so and the commitment to do so. And that is we have massive, immense natural resources available to sell to a waiting world and from which Canadians would benefit massively economically and in many others, other ways. We're not going to do it. We're not going to sell it. We're not going to sell the natural gas. We're not going to sell the oil, even though the waiting world is going to get it from somewhere. We're not going to be the suppliers. What do you say, Dr. Cam? You know, and it's frustrating because I remember not long ago, Doug Ford, like him or not, um, made it very clear that Ontario was open for business. But sometimes you really get the feeling, Roy, that Canada is not open for business. I mean, you asked what I would do. I, I've had the same five point plan since we started talking about this a year ago. So I don't want to be repetitive. But number one, I'd foster our resource economy. I would absolutely tear down barriers to trading natural resources. This one is just the most low hanging fruit I've ever seen. I'd reduce the lending rate and I would do it now. Some people will say, will it fuel some inflation? Well, maybe. But people can reduce their spending on conspicuous goods. People cannot reduce or scrimp on rents and mortgages. And I think we have to bring those fixed costs down to get back to my affordability argument. I think we need a growth strategy that doesn't involve immigration. I mean, adding people to a country is wonderful, but it fails in my mind miserably as a growth strategy. I think we have to lower taxes on all sectors of the economy. The left wing among us who are listening are going to drive their cars into ditches, but we have to scrap the carbon tax. We have to get rid of this net zero foolishness. Wrong policy, wrong time. Call me when the economy's booming. And then number five, which I know is controversial, but the public sector is being crushed under its own weight. And people have to understand that. And in my mind, it really is time to privatize some aspects. Healthcare, yeah, but I think we also have to look at other public goods, be it highways, garbage collection. Listen, nobody wants to spend more money, Roy, but the public sector can't go on like this. It is the only growth sector in our economy. And worse, worse, what I really hate seeing, and I know some of this has been repealed recently, but the public sector blames the private sector. And it does so by doing things like halting the number of new Uber licenses and things like that. That's the public sector saying we don't know how to fix something. And what I would like to put forth as kind of my thought for 2024 is the economy works and fixes many of these issues if we allow 
the economy to function. And it is time in this country to tear down barriers to the economy working and let the economy function. And I think people will be shocked to see how much better off we are 12 months from now if that would occur. You know, I'm really curious what your students would say to that argument and that position, because we're constantly hearing, and I, well, you and I haven't rehearsed any of this, we're constantly hearing that it's the young who would argue against the, uh, the selling of natural resources to the world, Canadian natural resources. How would your students approach this, do you think? Well, I have a stratified sample of students. I have business students. So I think that my students would be in relative agreement with what I'm talking about. But I admit, I, I never lie to the listeners, Roy. My students tend to be right of center. And they tend to be people that are, to use their expression, down with capitalism. So I think that my students would be in support. But, you know, at the end of the day, the number one questions I'm getting, Roy, are not about natural resources. The number one question I'm getting from my students are, we are studying so hard, Dr. Cam. Are we ever going to afford a house? Mm -hmm. We think we deserve, as a future generation in this country, whose parents or grandparents came here from somewhere else, we would like to do as well as our parents. And my students are terrified that they're not going to get that opportunity. So, you know, I've you've spoken to some of my students, and we're going to do that again, hopefully. Their number one concern is cost of living. Will they be able to live in an urban center. And I'm very sad when we have long conversations in our lecture hall, and my answer is, I'm not sure. And I'm really not sure if this government gets another shot at it. It's so unfortunate and it's sad when uh, young people who have ambition to have, and they're right across the board in this country. They want to have their own homes, their own lives. They want to live the Canadian dream and they cannot get there. That's what we're hearing again and again, and the economics show themselves to be that unless you're, you know, financially um, gifted or you have financial resources most people don't have, you may very well not get there with current situation being what it is. You talked about the public sector being a growth industry. Brian Passifium in the National Post wrote a few months ago that the federal government hired 98,000 new government employees since 2015. 98,000. The entire Canadian military is only 63,000. So what's the plan there? What it's always been to use the public sector to get to full employment, that is an old-time Marxist strategy that never works. I mean, I'm going to quote Whitney Houston, Roy. Children are the future, and we really have to leave them something. And I think we have to do um, a much, much better job at leaving them an, an economy and industries that are in a position to thrive. And we just are not doing that right now. But you know what? I live in hope. Let's hope that 2024 brings some better thinking and some better policies and hope that we get to some economic health. Okay. I want you to do more than hope. Have a look at 2024. What do you see? I see a lot of what I see today, unfortunately. I don't think the rates are going to come down at all until maybe the fourth quarter. I see no, I see, I just gave a five point plan. I think the government's going to address none of them. So sadly, I see the economy a year from now about where it is today with a higher rate of unemployment because I don't believe that inflation has finished 
moving through the labor market. So again, I hope I'm wrong, but there, but you know, if nothing changes, Roy, nothing changes. And so I really hope that there is a willingness on the part of our elected officials, be it the government, be it the bank, to look at a, a different approach to our economy and maybe put in drivers and things that will create growth as opposed to things that will create stagnation. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 